Well, now, tell me a little bit about yourself. <clears throat> well, you know, I'd be from Jamaica, man. Not a mercy. What part of Jamaica? Right near the beach. Boy, I think you're bullshitting me. Samson Simpson, I stick by my story. I'm from Jamaica. If I wasn't Jamaican, then why would I wear this hat? Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I am your host, Jeff. And I'm your other host, Jake. Oh, Jake. It's, oh. Been, a, it's been a hell of a week. It has been a crazy week. This new job has been interesting. I think I'll leave it at that. You know the ins and outs of it. Yeah. Um, but training, I hate training. I hate being the new guy. I hate being talked to like an idiot <laughs> yeah that's that's something like i haven't experienced in such a long time yeah so it, it's definitely it's i'm not looking forward to that right when that eventually happens well it's the it's um first job new job i've had i've had in five years so mm-hmm. it's like i haven't been the new guy for five years and at the last job you know i'd been there long enough i knew every little in and out of the job so i crushed it and now i mean it's in the trucking industry so i get a lot of things um but i'm still the new guy and i'm still the dummy the new dummy yeah so whatever i'll get through it uh how's your week been though good i went we were at the beach oh yeah kylie tucker and i were at the beach i gotta ask you real quick yeah so you stayed at the end of town right there by the cul-de-sac in that building um at the end of town we were in the uh the best western plus okay yeah dude there are so there's so many Pokestops <laughs> in Seaside. All I did was play Pokemon. I for was like gonna three ask. Days. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Kylie, part of what they had to do Saturday uh-huh. was so we got there Friday night and the drive was perfect. We we took Highway 30. We went uh, I five north mm-hmm. to Longview, hopped across at Longview, and then right. took 30. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the you know, way most people go for sure. And um, so we get there, we get in about like seven o'clock. And I instantly start playing Pokemon. We go for a walk, <laughs> go down the, go down like the that main sidewalk to the cul de sac, yeah. and just hit all those Poke stops. Well, then, well, on Saturday, um, the morning started out really rough. Kylie wakes me up at like seven. Well, uh-huh. she took Tuck out, and it's pouring down rain. Like yeah. Saturday, Friday night and Saturday were terrible, mm-hmm. just pouring down rain, and uh, wind was just sweeping the beach like it was just mm-hmm. pushing sand all across the beach. Well, she just wakes me up at like seven. She's like, "I lost my phone. I lost my phone." Well, her phone fell out of her jacket pocket. Oh. Like, no. on the beach somewhere. So her and I, like, go out there and trying to, and we're trying to keep the dog from chasing every seagull <laughs> that he sees. And uh, we're trying to find it. We don't find it. And uh, she has to go to a work meeting from, like, 9 to 3 because that's right. part of, like, the, um, the manager's, like, um, I don't know, some sort of manager meeting that they have from, right. like, 9 to 3. So this is a manager's retreat kind of to the beach, but there is some element yeah, of work exactly. that you have we're, to do there. Like, yeah, they have a little bit of work that they have to do. They sit in a meeting and everything. So she's like well i have to go to this like i can't right she's like i have to leave so we look for it like for an hour she leaves for that wow tuck and i go back out look for it on the beach for another hour can't find it mm-hmm. we're like okay well i'm just gonna go for a walk so right. the, the, the weather got a lot better we walked down um walked down walked through all throughout seaside mm-hmm. got, met up with a group who were doing raids 
Are so, you serious? Yeah, so I was like, <laughs> me and Tuck were like following these like 10 people around. Yeah. And we're doing raids, and we go to the Mewtwo raid. Oh, and, I saw one, yeah. Yeah, and so we did that, and we beat him. Uh-huh. But, dude, the catch rate on Mewtwo is only, like, 20% if you're lucky. Oh, wow. And, like, I didn't catch him. It's It sucked. Oh. Like, I ran out of Pokeballs, and then that was it. Because they're like, you have to catch him in AR, which is a lot tougher than trying to catch him. You have to catch him in AR? Apparently, if you want a better per catch percentage, you got to catch him. You have to try to catch him in AR. Oh. So, he's, Does hopping, that work for so all he's Pokemon? hopping around, and you're trying to, like, hold it at weird angles. Uh-huh. Um, versus being able just to have him in, like, the... Whoa, so dude. Because, like, where, where he was on my screen was, like, I had to, like, look up. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine how hard it would be to try to hit it, like throw a Pokeball. Looking up. Looking up like this yeah. and trying to get the, you know, get a great throw. Yeah. So I'm using, you know, every single oh golden raspberry, that I, every single golden raspberry that I had. And I just like, I got one great throw oh. and everything else was either a nice throw or just, just a normal catch. Are you throwing curves or just straight? Just straight. Oh, at this wow. point, like yeah. I was just trying to get Pokeballs on <laughs> YouTube and he, he ended up running. So Did any of the other people catch him? Two out of our group of 10 got him. So wow. It was, it was 10 people? And only two got him. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Yeah. That's that's awesome. It was kind of fun. Super nerdy, I, but super cool. Because I always wanted to do a... Um, a, a raid, right? And I never, I always bugging you guys to come do yeah. it with me. But like these big boss raids, you need like apparently you need like ten people. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, cool. And then we get back to the hotel room, and I get a call from the Best Western, and they're saying, "Hey, somebody at the Ebb Tide, which is the next, um, the next hotel over, mm -hmm. says, oh, we found Kylie's cell, f like they found Kylie's cell uh -huh. phone, because but Kylie doesn't have anybody in her cell phone that is by their actual name. Like I'm Jacoby, <laughs> and like her mom is under her mom's actual name. Oh. So they're trying to find people to call. So they call her aunt. The only person in her phone is like her aunt uh -huh. that lives down in Medford. Uh -huh. And so they call that person, and then so she calls Kylie's mom, who then like calls oh the Eptide and says, "Look for Jake Jokum." Well, there's no Jake Jokum in Kylie's phone. Yeah, there's only Jacoby. Right. So then, so then her mom like starts m emailing everybody, but it doesn't get to me on Facebook. I dude, it was a mess. Whoa. I don't know, I don't so I don't even know. So she, her mom, and this is how we find this out later. Her mom went on <laughs> in Kylie's Instagram from post like posting a picture of Tuck laying on the couch. Uh huh. Went through all of the hotels in Seaside to see which hotels had that Are you serious? Style of couch and then figured out we're at the Best Western. Whoa. Called the Best Western. They said, "Oh yeah, Kylie just let us know that her phone was lost. Uh -huh. It's at the Ebb Tide." So <laughs> then she's like, "Okay, well call Jake and my number was was listed with the Best Western." Right. So I don't it was absolutely amazing, but we ended up getting into the her phone. Her mom back. should be a PI, dude. I know. That's ridiculous. Well, that's insane. And I mean, Kylie doesn't have a lock on her phone, so the per whoever found it on the beach yeah. really had no reason other than just in. being a nice person right. to turn it in. So wow. it just happened to be found by the right person at the right time because it was rainy and, and sandy. And, and stuff. Like it, it was fine? It, it was worked fine. fine. It worked fine. Wow, dude. Com super lucky. Yeah, I have... Uh, Jen and I have each other as in husband and wife. Okay. Yeah. So it's like... Or like some people do ice mm -hmm. in case of emergency. Yeah. You should probably do that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I said. Like, hey, Kai, we should probably rework your contact <laughs> names so if this ever happens again, they can figure oh out who to call. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. But it was because the whole the whole leading up to the trip, the whole thing just – it just was – we're like, this trip is cursed because the two days before we were supposed to leave, Kylie's, mm -hmm. w Kylie's window in her Jeep breaks and motor, like, breaks, so the whole window just falls down. Whoa. <laughs> so I thought you were just saying, like, it just, like... No, like, okay. but but it won't stay up. Right. It just falls down uh -huh. because, like, the carriage or whatever is broken yeah. in it. Um, 
and then her like she has a headlight go out and like all of this other stuff just starts <laughs> happening so like all friday before we left i was running around doing errands just getting trying to get her car just to get like, the car the ready car ready just to That's go crazy. And, then we, and then we go down there and in the morning we lose the cell phone and it's like right. god we should have <laughs> just stayed home oh my gosh it's funny you say that because when i can't stand when jen loses her phone it drives me crazy like I mean, falling out of your jacket, that's fine, but Jen always misplaces it, mm. and so we were driving into Seaside, and her mom was headed into Astoria, but we were just with her mom, and Jen's like, I don't have my phone, and I'm instantly annoyed because I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, <laughs> and I'm like, where is it? And she's like, I don't know. It might be in the camper. Let me call my mom, and so she calls her mom, and she's like, hey, I might have left the phone in the camper this morning. It might be in there, and uh, her mom's like, okay, I'll take a look when I stop. It's not in the car. I'm I'm like, did you leave it on the beach or something? And she's like, I don't think so. So um, we drive before we go to ask or before we drove into Seaside, we were over at Fort Stevens or near on the beach. And we went back to the campground real quick. And uh, we went into we were in a cabin. So we drove by the cabin. She looked in the cabin real quick. Then we drove past her um, mom's campsite. Mm-hmm. So it was just a normal campsite, but she had the camper on the truck. Okay. Um, so we're driving kind of slowly, and uh, I don't. I'm like, maybe you left it on the campsite somewhere. And sure enough, it's sitting there in the little cup holder on the camping chair. No. Oh. I'm like, really? <laughs> and she's like, there it is. I'm like, ugh. Well, at least, you, at least you found it. Though. Yeah, I know, but it's just like, it's always just misplaced. I yeah. would, I'd be cool with a loss, but mm-hmm. just leaving it there, I'm uh, like, see, somebody could have just snagged that. You see, like, I, 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 I can't laugh for anything at Jen because that's me too. Yeah, I, for sure. I am the, uh, between me and Kylie. I'm always the one who misplaces my dude. Misplaces myself. She has said, like, you two are so similar. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, one thing I did want to talk to you today uh, about is something we haven't talked about in a while. Um, we have talked about the Jets a little bit. They got mentioned, honorable mentions. Mm. Um, I've been in mourning. Yeah. Last game was against Lions? Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland. They started against the Lions. They whooped ass on the Lions. That's and that right. that made me feel super good. Yeah. And then they go and lose to Miami at home. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, well, look, that sucks. But right. rookie quarterback made some mistakes. The right. Team, the team had every chance to win the game. You think, okay, we'll bounce back against Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And Who hasn't won a game in, in since 2015? <laughs> like they, they were 0 and 16 last season. Yeah. And the season before that, they were 1 and 15. Right. And they that game they won was like middle of the season, so they lost mm-hmm. like nine. I think they lost like 19 straight games. At wow. This point. So they go and the Jets go in Thursday night. Now I don't. I'm not okay. So I do make excuses for my Jets, but I think. And I am biased, but I think this particular one is, is is slightly valid. I won't say this is the sole reason why they lost. Bad coaching was the sole reason why for they lost. For Cleveland? Was, was the maj- no, for the Jets. Why the Jets I mean, against Cleveland? Why the Jets lost to Cleveland. Okay. Yes. And I think the reason why the Jets lost to Cleveland, first and foremost, the mm-hmm. most, like, the biggest percentage of why they lost, if you were to break it into a pie chart, right. um, would be the the coaching the coaching in this right. it was was just it was bad it was predictable but that's what happens when you're playing a Thursday night game mm-hmm. with only 3 days of preparation and you're having to go on the road okay so you don't have time to prepare right. the jets prepared pretty well for the starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor because mm-hmm. they shut him out in the entire first half the jets are up 14-0 right. on Tyrod Taylor well they sack Tyrod Taylor they hit him in the head he gets a concussion in oh. comes the rookie quarterback 
that you don't have a chance to prepare for because, mm. well, he's oh, the backup wow. quarterback. Uh-huh. You're on a short week. You're uh-huh. not expecting some quarterback you've never seen before. There's no tape on. Mm-hmm. Just comes in and starts lighting up your defense. Yeah. So, but the the defense didn't make any. But at the same time, you're a professional coach. Right. You're a defensive coach. Right. You should be able to make adjustments in the yeah, second half. Yeah, you got to adjust. You have to adjust, and he didn't adjust. It's Ooh. it's coaching. And the offensive game plan was like we're going to try to protect Arnold with safe throws and just play to not lose the game. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when you play to not lose the game? You usually fucking lose the game. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just so goddamn annoying. And they you just, didn't watch that game. No, we I didn't. We went to the. We went, and I thank God that I did because <laughs> if I was sitting there watching that pile of garbage, yeah, I would have just been losing my mind. Yeah. So l- at least we went and took second place <laughs> at the Clark County <laughs> Historical Museum. I think my Instagram post would s- said that I, um, you know, what did our hist- what did our history degrees buy us? Because it was me, Matt, and Jeff, all three of us history majors. Yeah. I think we would win this son of a bitch, but no, we went and lost. Right. And um, nope. So we definitely under- underperformed <laughs> there, but not as <laughs> underperforming as the New York Jets. So yeah. we got that going for at us. the trivia night. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, it. Was fun, but I mean, there were some bizarre questions in that trivia night that we crushed and we got them. But there were some that we were just like, what the hell? There were some odd questions, and I'm like, that's not really history. Yeah, yeah. there are some questionable history things. Um, I liked, I do, I, I mean, I know that, that we were kind of frustrated because we didn't know some of these answers, but they were uh, brewery-focused yeah. um, history questions. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, but there were some thrown in there. Um, but it was at a brewery, so that kind of, you know, yeah. you're just it was, catering it was to thematic. the audience. Yeah. Um, we did get some though. I did kind of guess some of them, and I got them. But your 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 big uh, your big one of the night was getting the battle of the sexes on that tennis. Yes, that tennis question. I can't believe I got that one. Yeah. I I knew I I was like it was just right there. Yeah. Um, oh, one sports thing. Uh, what do you? I don't know if you have any thoughts, but what are your thoughts on uh, Tiger's win? I was pretty cool, man. Yeah, that was pretty cool to see him come back like that. Like I'm not a. Like I played, I played a lot of golf mm-hmm. in like high school and like right out of high school. Then I outgrew my clubs mm-hmm. and I just haven't played really played since. Right. And I loved watching Tiger like yeah. back in his heyday. So it was really cool to see him come back. He's like, what an, what an, like a tale for the ages, right? right? Like have where this guy was, like he couldn't swing a golf club like yeah. two years ago. <laughs> like his back was just destroyed. Right and now he's like reworked his swing so it's not as much torque on his back, and mm-hmm. he had. He basically did this Hail Mary procedure. It's like, mm-hmm. well, we're going to fuse your back, and it could work or it could not work. Right. And it, thank God, I mean, it worked, and you know, thankfully for him, it did. And I mean, a lot of that stuff that causes decline was his was all self inflicted. Right. But it's still cool to see that come back for sure. Well, and even like I just like like I've, I've taken some like sports psychology courses, and I just love like even the mental aspect, even in that downfall. I mean, aside from the physical ails. I mean, mentally, he was mm-hmm. a wreck. Yeah. And that plays so much into athletes. Um, Especially in individual sports. Oh, man, I can't even imagine. Um, but that crowd just went nuts, and it was just kind of a cool cool moment. That was I mean, really, that in was, just in sports. That was super neat. I, was, um, I, didn't, I didn't watch it live. I right. wasn't watching any sports mm-hmm. because I was just convinced that all my sports teams <laughs> have this ability to just gack away games like Washington State. Should have beat USC, right. but what happens? Their left tackle, just f- their left guard falls down untouched. Guy comes through and blocks the game-tying field goal. <laughs> How do you fall down? You're the left guard. Yeah, and a game-tying field goal to block a field goal, that's like – You'd have to have a fluke like that, like somebody just falling. Yeah. Ugh. 
And of course, the Cougs cooked yeah. it. But the one saving grace is that Oregon cooked it worse than the Cougs. Yeah. That was a complete collapse. What happened? Who were they playing? They were playing Stanford. That's right. They were up. Yeah. They were up like twenty-four-three at mm-hmm. one point, and mm-hmm. then were outscored thirty-one-seven in the second half. All yes. they had to do was not fumble the ball inside two minutes, and what did they do? They fumbled it. Yeah. So sorry, Oregon fans. I'm sure there's a lot of you out there. But uh, sorry, not sorry. Not that, <laughs> yeah, not really that sorry. Um. So I guess there was. I posted an article about like students like throwing crap at players. On Stanford, yeah, I saw that. And they're throwing things at like the refs and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm sure, honestly, that that kind of crap happens at other arenas mm-hmm. and with other student bodies or maybe sports fans. Um, I just love when that crap happens with Oregon and yeah. it gets reported. There's so many fans. <laughs> like for the for the for the Oregon fans that have like been with Oregon like before the Chip Kelly era, right? When they weren't that good, right? Like. Okay, like I I I have I have respect for you, but there are so many people who a didn't go to the school, right? Jumped on the bandwagon, mm-hmm. and now expect that the that the team should be a ten plus one team every single every season, time. and that's just not realistic. Right. And then they start like they get mad, they throw crap, they they want the coaches fired, they mm-hmm. they just they I'm like, dude, Oregon is not historically this uh, uh, division one powerhouse. Right. They're not. They're, that's right. just not who they are. So it's it's hard to sustain recruiting success where you have mm-hmm. this pipeline of, of of athletes like ohio state and alabama have you're just not one there's not ver- there's not very many division one talented athletes in oregon's high school so you got to go outside the state right you're trying to conf- you're trying to recruit outside of your home grounds in california texas florida ohio you mm-hmm. know these 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 hotbeds of of athletes right but you're trying to, they have ties to local to their local schools exactly UCLA, you, you yeah you see it's hard right and, and you should you really like for how good oregon is after being how bad they were the last two years mm-hmm. you should just just love this season right because this yeah you lost to stanford but stanford's the number seven team in the, yeah. in the nation you've got probably the best court like oregon has probably the best quarterback in the nation right now mm-hmm. enjoy this because right. what happens when he leaves what's coming up next braxton yeah. burmeister you guys saw him last season <laughs> just enjoy this season for what right, it is. Right, for sure. Um, yeah, I've always just had a grudge and just loathed Oregon fans. Yeah. So when I can always when I can poke at them, it's mm-hmm. always so much fun for me. Um, so last, I have to talk about the NBA. Um, oh, it's com- it's coming up. It's so coming this, up. This is our this is our say what you mean NBA primer <laughs> coming up for the season. Because honestly. I mean, I'm sorry, but I'm probably gonna want to talk NBA with you. I mean, I'll try. I'll try not to do it every time on the podcast, but I just I love NBA. I yeah. live for it. Um, so preseason's next week. Um, we had a, have had a lot of extensions signed. There were some good moves, but I mean, I think the big drama that everybody's talking about right now is uh, Jimmy Butler. And not wanting to stay with Minnesota and requesting a trade, mm-hmm. um, so everybody's kind of in a scramble to see what they can do to make that to acquire him. Um, but I think he's made it known that he wants to go to Miami. Is the last that's thing I what read I, last night? That's what came out. Is he said he wants to go to Miami before yeah. previously stating he wanted his three teams of choice were the the Knicks, mm-hmm. the Nets, and the Clippers. Okay. And now he's changed course, mm-hmm. saying that his interest in the Knicks was overstated by right. by Woj. Uh-huh. And then he he then last night says he like the Heat are his team of choice. Right. So, from your perspective, 
if you hear Portland's trying to go after him, what do you think of that? I I think it's just Neil O'Shea um, doing his due like what is he perceives as his due diligence uh-huh. to say so you can say he can go back to Paul Allen and say look I tried I did my best but when you're not realistically going to move any of your top pieces yeah why would Minnesota take back Evan Turner Myers Leonard and like Mo Harkless for Jimmy Butler right like, or like some mid like some mid first round draft picks mm-hmm. when you've got the Knicks, who are atrocious. You've yeah. got the Nets, who are atrocious, that can offer you first-round picks that are going to be lottery picks. For sure. Portland is in the worst position in the NBA right. because they're not good. They're not bad enough mm-hmm. with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum mm-hmm. to be a lottery team, right. but they're not good enough to do anything in the playoffs. Right. You're perpetually going to be around 500, and that's the worst place to be in the NBA. For You've sure. got to do something to go get a Jimmy Butler. Okay, but would you want him? Would I want him? Yes. Oh, that's tough because he I think his skill set fits this team what this how this team is currently constructed right. I think his skill set fits perfectly better he's than good, CJ he's a good wing defender well I or would you play I, him at the I, three I think you'd play him at the three okay if you can keep both Dame and CJ Oof. and still get him which yeah. that's almost not realistic right. at this point because what you have to trade yeah. Yusuf Nurkic maybe a Zach yeah. Collins yeah I mean Yusuf but Nurkic, they have big they just signed Cat for five years yeah, that's true. They don't need <laughs> well. They need a four, but like Zach Collins isn't going to play a four, right? Um, Nurk's not playing. Well, the I four. think Cat's playing the four, and is um, it uh, uh, Jinsa going to play the five? Is that who? Is in that Minnesota? Yeah. No, what's his name? Taj Gibson. Gibson's not a five. Gibson plays like their three. Does he? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Gibson plays their three, and then they got Andrew Wiggins at the two, right? And, um, right. Right. Teague at the at the one. Mm-hmm. Wait, no, that doesn't make sense because Jimmy Buckets plays the three. So I guess when <laughs> where is Gibson? I think they played Cat at the five last season. Oh, okay. Okay. And then they had Gibson at the four. Right. Well, either way, they have a big, so they don't yeah. need more bigs. They don't, they don't need a Zach Collins because Carl Anthony Towns is a better version oh, of that same so player good. that Zach Collins is. Yeah. Like, Zach Collins is that stretch five, yeah. right? That stretch four, stretch five. You can split Collins? both. Collins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Collins is just the worst version of Carl right. of Anthony Towns. Well, right now. He's the Walmart version right of Carl Anthony Towns. I hope he gets better. He will get better. Yeah. I mean, he understands the game of basketball. Sure. He doesn't look lost like Myers Leonard. Oh, gosh. Like, <laughs> like, at least, Zach, at least Zach Collins understands defensive rotations. Right. Like, and he it, tries, dude. It, He's out there hustling. Yeah. I mean, Myers tries without the hustle. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm trying. Watching <laughs> watching Myers Leonard get the ball at the top of the key, like when they do their high pick and roll yeah. where Damon CJ come off that high pick. Yeah. He doesn't know where to go with the ball. No. And, and Dame's like clapping, like, give me the ball off this pick. And, yeah. and Myers Leonard's sitting there with his elbows out just... <laughs> Yeah, looking like a complete goon. Right? Like, what are you doing, dude? So, you're seven. You're a seven foot three Adonis. Yeah. Go dunk on somebody. No, he wants to shoot the three, dude. Oh, God, because he gets the cheers. Not that dunks don't. I love a good dunk, probably more than a freaking three. Give me a give me a good post up move, like a good low post move. Yeah. Where the guy like hezzies to the hezzies to the left, cuts back to the right, and slams it in yep. some dude's face. Yeah. I'll take that over a three. Anyway. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, Butler, he just seems like so much of a head case. It's scary. Well, because he he did this in in Chicago. Yeah. And, and you can understand Chicago was in a rebuilding mode. Right. They he didn't want to be part of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. To understand that. So you go to Minnesota, which should be the perfect perfect situation. Right. You got a lot around you. Yes. But he's not happy because he wants to be the dude. Right. So, so he wants annoying. to go some like if you look at what were the four teams that were mentioned? The Knicks, yep. the Nets, yep. the Clippers, and the Heat. Yeah. None of which have a superstar. Right. Do you pay Jimmy Butler hundred and ninety million dollar extension? 
can he be the guy? Is he the guy that is going to want other free agents to come to him? Mm-hmm. Because it, it sounds like he doesn't want to play with anybody that could take a spotlight from him. Right. But is he good in by himself to take a team to the next level? Yeah. I don't think he is. No. I don't think so either. So. Um, and I heard, I think, I think I read that uh, Thibodeau said that if they don't, if they go like to like a rebuilding stage, which losing Jimmy Butler doesn't put you in a rebuilding stage, but I think he wants another star, and if he doesn't get it, he might bail. Thibodeau? I think I read that. Yeah, I don't think he gets along particularly well with those young players. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, like, Wiggins gives you nothing other than scoring. Right. He's not a good defender. Right. He's not a good passer. He averaged less than two assists a game. Right. Jeff Teague is a good veteran. Right. But, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns? I mean, that team is essentially the Chicago team. Rose is there. Taj Gibson's there. <laughs> right. Thibodeau's there. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're just acquiring this old team. Um. You know, my brother-in-law sent me a, a, a post or an article about one of the players saying, like, Derrick Rose is the best I've seen him in years. And every season that is said. Yeah, and then uh, he hurts his knee or he goes <laughs> AWOL. And it's, it's oh, yeah, that whole AWOL drama that was so funny. I love Derrick Rose. And, like, back in the MVP, like, season era when he won that and was just crushing he it. Physically, he physically – nobody could physically stop him. He was so fun to watch. Anytime he wanted to get to the bucket, he got there. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, and when he lost that explosiveness, he lost yeah. his game. He's producing for that team. He's he's, he's good, off, good the bench. off the bench. Yeah, which is good. I'm glad to see him get play. But, um, man, I love Carl Anthony Towns so much. I love him so much. I could watch that guy play. He's a little every doughy. Day. I mean, I, I was like, I ought to talk, but uh-huh. I mean, he's a little. I don't play in the NBA, right? But I just he he doesn't look. I mean, you don't need to be cut, right? Right. Like, but you look at Anthony Davis. Yeah, you look at Carl Anthony Towns. Right, there's there looks like so one guy takes care of his body and right. owns his craft, and the other guy's just like I'm taller, more athletic than the rest of you. I don't really have to work that right much, that much. That's an interesting interesting point. Maybe I don't know. Maybe this extension will motivate him because now he knows he's kind of the guy. Yeah. To, to well, and and then elevate. Jimmy but- and Jimmy Butler's leaving. Right. So you are the face of the franchise. They chose because Jimmy Butler wanted to be the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Felt overshadowed by Carl Anthony Towns. Right. They chose cat over right. jimmy buckets yeah so like they're this franchise is telling you you are our dude yeah you are our dude for the foreseeable future going forward yeah so yeah um, hopefully it does so how do you feel about portland i mean just in broadly mediocre yeah it's just gonna be a disappointing season yeah. be prepared to be disappointed okay because think about it last year they were the th- they were the three seed right but that was a three seed because there's a lot of injuries in the in mm-hmm. the west much like two years um uh, not well not last not last season or the season before last but the first year that after Marcus left Kay. and they were supposed to be terrible. Right? right. And they ended up making what the four or five seed mm-hmm. or the five seed. Mm-hmm. And then they got, um, they got bounced. They won. And then they won their first home. They won their playoff series against the Clippers who got injured, decimated by injury. Right. There was a lot of injuries and a lot of things broke right for that team. Right. This, but they played really good in a stretch run mm-hmm. last season. If you take away that 13 game winning streak, mm-hmm. you just, you, you, you take that, that sample size mm-hmm. out that was a 500 ball. That was a 500 ball club. Yeah. And Damian Lillard in a lot of those, then that 13 game one streak, mm-hmm. a lot of was that Damian Lillard just elevating his play and bailing them out of some bad situations. For sure. There's like five wins in there. There's hundred percent on Damian Lillard. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, I mean, you can't, you got to look at a, a season in its totality, uh-huh. but if other than that, th- where they got super hot and they played a lot of those teams missing guys, like they, right. played, the Minis- they played the Timberwolves twice in that stretch without Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. That was the only time they beat the Timberwolves right. was when Jimmy Butler was out. Yeah. They didn't never beat they never beat Minnesota with Jimmy Butler on right. the floor. You played 
Golden State without Kevin Durant, without Steph Curry, mm-hmm. with like like three of their big guys. Mm-hmm. You be, yeah, you won some games against beat up teams when you when you had to bail yourself out at the fourth quarter against the Lakers. Brandon Ingram wasn't on the floor, right? So when you had a lot of there was a lot of this. You take that away. It was a long winded way of saying this team could have been a lot worse last year. Oh, they yeah. were three games away from not even being in the playoffs. Right. It was close last year. It was super close. Yeah. So are you? Did you do anything to get any better? No. If you were, if you are, if, if you're, if your, pl- <laughs> if your team, other than that hot streak where a lot of things broke the right way, mm-hmm. you're s- you're hovering around 500. You don't make the playoffs right, last year for sure. And so, other than that happening this coming year, you're you're banking on a lot right. to go right for this team to be in a position to even make a run to even try to get out of a first round. Right. So this is going to be a disappointing season. Well, even even that sample of that 13 win uh, streak, like you said. There was a lot of times that they were winning because Damian had to step up and and win it for the team, and in the playoffs, I mean they they shut Damian down. There's nothing you can do, and it and you see him in that streak. Okay, this team is relying on Damian to win those games. Well, what happens when you take Damian out? You don't win games. No, and they were they were just swamping Damian in every, that series. Every time he cleared a defender at half court, there was another guy right. at him. Right. And he would clear that guy, and there'd be another guy on him. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just, it felt like they were playing five-on-six basketball. For sure. Because that defense yeah. was so active at yeah. getting the ball out of Dame's hands. Mm-hmm. And CJ was ice cold in those <sighs> first couple of games. It was rough. So, yeah. it was tough. Um, So, yes. I mean, I don't, my ex- expectations are never high. Um, and we can hear the talk all about, oh, they're doubting us, they're doubting us. And we always will, but I, I'm, I'm still excited. I'll still watch. I'll still listen. I'll still be disappointed all year long. You're still going to get text messages from me saying, I can't believe like this team's doing that. Like, what a bunch of scrubs and right. stuff like that. You're that 13 game streak was good for me, though, because we started betting tacos. Yeah. And uh, they were sucking all season, obviously, like 500. Um, at 500 for the wins, you know, that's the type of team they were. But your doubt was more than mine, and so we'd bet tacos, and I yeah. kept winning. <laughs> I always I always view it this way. Like, if I bet against my own team, it's a win-win for me. Because if they win, okay, I'll lose a, m- a little thing, but my team won. Right. If I lose, well, I get rewarded with tacos. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it, w- it, it works it works out for me. For sure. Um, But, yeah, it's – yeah, I just you, – you lose – you lose certain pieces, like you right. lose Shabazz Napier. You bring in Seth Curry. Yeah, I mean, whatever. They're both marginal point guards. Seth Curry can score the basketball. He's bigger than Shabazz Napier. Yeah, but he's never he's never healthy. Right. You bring in Nick Stauskas to be your backup too, yeah. and he couldn't like he couldn't even perform in Brooklyn. Right. When he was getting minutes, mm-hmm. so it's just like the one the know. one thing I worry most about is the Evan Turner and Harkless th- situation. Um, and I I was saying this last year, but. I feel like when Harkless is out there and he can feel Evan Turner breathing down his neck mm-hmm. for minutes yeah. and playtime, he, he's terrible. But there was a stretch there twice when Evan Turner was injured yeah. and then Mo went in and he crushed it yeah. because he, had, he didn't have to worry about being pulled for Evan Turner. Mm-hmm. And to me, that says something. I think Mo Harkless is 10 times the player Evan Turner is. For this team, yeah. For this team, yeah. I, Evan Turner, it's just like you want him to be the ball handler in this for the second unit, and I can't even tell you how many times he just freaking turned it over, just dribbled, botched a dribble, and just gave it to the other team. Yeah. But Harkless, he's out there, he's willing to shoot, but well, he's willing to shoot when Evan's not playable, because 
if he if he misses a few shots, what happens? Does Terry pull him and then put Evan in? Yeah. You know, what happens? But when he has the confidence of not worrying about Evan Turner coming in right after him, he always plays so much better. He plays well off the ball. He sets nice screens. He gets other guys open. He plays as a teammate, but I feel like when Evan is playable, he's more concerned about, are am they going to trade yeah, me? Are they going to get rid of me? Am I on a short leash? Right. Like, yeah, I right. get it. Yeah, that's a really good observation. I mean, I've talked and thought a lot about Mo Harkless's really inconsistent play. Like mm-hmm. he's either like giving you fifteen a night, or he's disappeared on the bench. Like right. It, there's nothing in between with him, and mm-hmm. and that's a really good observation about why that is. Yeah. And I think that that probably is. There's a lot of truth. There's definitely a lot of truth. To if that. Evan goes down at all this season, shift your focus to Harkless's play, and I guarantee you, there's an increase in 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 how well he plays. Yeah, I think that there's definitely something to that. Mm-hmm. And I just I mean we've we've talked about Evan Turner, and I think his game. If he was in the mid nineties, he's the right. Pl- he's a good player yeah, in the mid nineties for sure. But his that his skill set is a dinosaur. In this yeah, league. I I just I mean, I'm excited. Another player I'm pissed about is Ed Davis. Yeah, I'm pissed that they got rid of him. But I mean, you have Zach Collins, you have um, uh, Biggie, you have yeah, Swanigan. Yeah, you've um, got three bigs. You've got yeah. You've, you have you have Nurk. You've got oh Nurk too. Yeah, you got Nurk. You've got Collins and Swanigan. Yeah, I think those three. I really like those three. I think Swanigan's ceiling is another Ed Davis. You um, watch your mouth. We think Swanigan's going to be better than Ed Davis. Yeah. Uh, I, when I see Swanigan, I think um, Randolph, and Randolph is a huge comparison. Yeah. But I I see that's 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 going that's a pretty big no uh, way that's a that's a pretty big uh, he's a tough dude that's a hot take who plays back to the basket he gets in there and he scraps dude, do not he hate pump, on Swanigan he pump fakes himself covered. Does that make sense? Like I know what you're saying. I just he is so indecisive beneath the bucket. That's why they moved him to the G League. Anytime you get the ball like mm-hmm. on an in, on an inlet, yeah, like down in the paint, he'd pump. Mm. I don't know. I believe in him more. I think go up, big man, dunk the ball. Yeah, he I can, agree. So he can stretch the floor for sure. In the in oh, he does have a nice in, little mid range in the um, and he can hit a three. Yeah, like, in, yeah, the, in, the, for sure. in the in the in the in the in the summer league. He was draining threes. Yeah. So you just got to have that kind of confidence. And, right. Terry, and the good thing about Terry Stotts is it's like, if you're open, shoot the three. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull. Like how many times did we see Pat Connaughton struggle from the three point line right. and still stay out there and get yeah. minutes? Like he, he, he lets the shooters shoot their way out of slumps, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is good. Like, I think that gives players confidence. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I think Mo Harkless is just in his own head. Right. But I think a lot of these players are not to cut you off, but yeah. I think, I think when you see these guys struggle, you can see their just disappointment. Uh, Aminu, when he gets in a drought, he, he just kind of disappears. Evan Turner's the same way. Uh, Myers Leonard is a massive head case. Yeah. Um, you're talking about uh, Swanigan kind of just not being confident enough. And I, it's weird because you look at Terry and you hear about Terry as a coach. Um, I think he used to teach as well. So, I mean, he's got that ability to kind of work with students mm-hmm. or players to, to bring them up. So where is this? Is there something within the team that's maybe harming the the confidence, or 
or maybe it's the media are paying too much attention. I mean, this is a way different era with social media and being able to just instantly look up what people are saying about yeah, you. They're an incredible. I mean, they're an incredibly young team. Yeah. So that could play a role and that could play a part in it. Right. But yeah, I think I, I wonder if it's. Um, I mean, we don't know. We don't know Dame and we don't know CJ. Right. But I almost want like playing in their shadow. Right. Dame can hit from anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, if I'm shooting, that means Dame's not shooting. Right. And maybe I should have given the ball up to Dame. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, who knows? But yeah. uh, I, I do. I do see what you're saying, and I, and I have no. I have noticed that mm-hmm. like a lot of players they disappear instead of like what. What does Aminu give you when he's not hitting? Mm-hmm. Like, does he play great defense some nights? Yeah. But if he's checked out, like he's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always and uh, and one thing I noticed about Aminu if he hits that first three, he's hitting them all night. He's hitting them all night. If he misses, he misses all night and keeps shooting. Yeah. It's just like adjust your game, find a mid range or dunk it, bring it in because he can he bring it in. He can't dribble. He can't dribble. But if he like catches on a cut, I, he can that's put what it I up. Like, that's what I like about Harkless. Harkless slashes. Yes. Yeah. Harkless yes. has been our best slasher since yes, Crash. I agree. And oh, Anaconda cock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love Harkless's game. Yeah. Like, I love me Harkless. Me and, too. And I think that. If I were if I were Terry Stotts, if I was a coach of the Blazers, mm-hmm. right, I would say I would define Evan Turner's role right off the bat because right. the problem is like they told Evan Turner we're bringing you in as a starter. He's like, I want to be playing Portland, but I want starter minutes, yeah, and I want this big contract. Ugh. And then Neil O'Shea was like, Have at it, yeah. And he just gave it to him, yeah. And so Terry Stotts, I think, like almost, I we don't know this, but right. it, it almost feels like. They're constantly trying to, sh- to shove Evan Turner in the starting lineup to justify yes, his contract right. and, to ma- and to make good on their promise to mm-hmm. him that he could play starter minutes. Unfortunately, like that, he doesn't fit with the starting offense at all. He doesn't fit. He doesn't do anything that they need him to. He he doesn't do well what they need him to do. And right. That's not on him. That's on the coaching staff sure. putting him in or in or the GM, the front office, putting him in a position that he's not comfortable. That he just doesn't have the skill set to perform. Mm-hmm. And Mo Harkless does yeah so i think what terry stotts needs to do is just level with his team and tell neil o'shea if he can Mm -hmm. that evan turner is going to be on the bench unless there's a injury to mo harkless Mm -hmm. i agree i think if (sighs) i know you don't like him or you have some bad taste in your mouth because of him but i think if you if you approach or if there's a way that evan turner can look at himself like a jamal crawford for that second unit Mm -hmm. that helps our team Jamal knows that he's off the bench and he knows that when he comes in and plays off the bench and is that kind of scorer that, and I'm not saying Evan will be the scorer, but I mean, Jamal knows his role. He knows what he needs to do for a team. He knows what he's coming in to do. Mm -hmm. Granted, he doesn't have the contract that Evan got, but there's just an understanding of, of who he is and what he can bring to a team. Um, And maybe Evan just doesn't know what he does for this team. Um, I think you put him on that second unit with, those other guys, I think that's a way better spot for him. Um, well, so he would be playing with – so usually the rotation would be Dame goes off the floor, CJ moves over to the point. Right. And then so Evan Turner, first guy off first guy off the bench, mm-hmm. if he's not in the starting rotation, if he's not in the starting lineup, he comes in, like, he comes in for the three. Mm-hmm. And so he comes – yeah, he would come in for Harkless. So it would be him and, and – CJ are the would be the ball handlers in the mm-hmm. second in the second unit. Mm-hmm. So you'd be playing with probably sw- Swan like some mixture of Swanigan and Collins, right? And sometimes Nurkic, mm-hmm. and then you'd be also playing with Nick Stauskas. Yeah. So he's Maybe. gonna he's going to be the. What second. about Wade Baldwin? 
I love Wade. Yeah, I prefer him a thousand times over Stauskas. Yeah, but do you play him? Do you play Wade at the two? I would in, in that lineup. In CJ Wade, Stauskas is your spot up shooter, though. That's right. what they brought him in to be. Right. It depends on who you're. The matchup. I mean, Wade has is I think shifting his focus on defense, which is what this team needs. And you can always have a place in the league if you are a good defender. If you're a hustler and you play D. You, you've got a spot in the league for right. 10 years. And it, the way he shut James Harden down during that Houston game as a rookie, just coming up and checking him, oh, it was so good. Yeah. So I just like him. I And he can sh- shoot and he can score. So if he does work, he's got the defense. He's got the aggressiveness and willingness to play D, which is great. Um, and he can always improve on that. But he can also score sometimes, too. I would just prefer that kind of player over just a spot-up shooter. Yeah, and Wade can get his own shot. Right, exactly. And CJ's mid-range is money. I've never. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen a player who can just pull up from uh, these mid-range spots and hit so well. Well, he gets to his spots. Exactly. Like he knows where he wants to go and what he has to do to get to that spot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's the best out in the league. Right. I agree. I don't know. I, I there are a lot of. I mean, we we talk crap about him, but then when you like get to the individuals, you're like, man, I love that guy. I, I love this team. <laughs> I do love this team, and which is why I get so frustrated. For sure. Because I want them to be better. Yeah. And they just they're they always they this. It, it doesn't matter who's the coach. I, I swear, this just follows the Blazers. But they mm-hmm. play to their competition. Mm-hmm. They very rarely get blown out. Yeah. And so they're either playing. They either they play down their competition or they rise up and play to their competition. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it ends up in four point losses. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. Just uh, it's always like, you know, there was a point where this team was a third quarter team, and then that's when they could come in after halftime and just kind of mm-hmm. rev it up. Um, but there hasn't. Last year there never really was that. Other than that thirteen game win streak, they had a couple games where they were able to put a teams away in the third quarter and yeah. rest their starters. But like there were several times where Dame had to come back in mid yes. fourth quarter to bail his ass, bail the team's ass yeah. out. Yeah, it's like they would blow a fifteen point lead. He'd have to come back in and put. It's like there was a game against the Wizards. Uh huh. Like that game was over. Their backups hit a bunch of threes, mm-hmm. and the next thing you know, Lillard's back on the court. Yeah, that's fresh, and that happens sometimes. That'll happen once or twice a season to any team. Mm-hmm. Like it happened to the Rockets against the Blazers. Yeah, but it happens way too much, way more often for, us. for Portland. <laughs> um, just one last thing. One one player that um, Jen's cousin CJ brought up that I I thought about too. That I'm kind of disappointed that there was no movement or interest in it. Now you could argue that in the past, and and he's kind of a cancer, but um, I just think that I mean you have Nurk, so that's why maybe you don't go after him. But like Dwight Howard, yeah. I think that I don't know. I think if Nurk can get better at back to the basket, I think Damian needs a back to the basket player. When you had Lamarcus Aldridge as an a, uh, an attention getter, yeah, you know that if Aldridge gets the ball in the post, he's gonna score, sure. and he can anytime. So that that forces the team to consider the double team which you put Damien on that weak side, and now you either lose a defender on Damien or you lose a defender on LaMarcus. Yeah. Um, or you don't double LaMarcus. And when you had that unit, Damien was hitting threes constantly because of the threat of just getting that easy bucket from LaMarcus. Yeah. And I think that that's what Portland needs with Damien. I think CJ's great as a second option, especially from the mid-range or creating his own shot. Um, but that dynamic between Damien and a post player, it it works so well for this team. And for and I'll never forgive Lamarcus for leaving because he had 
ten times the opportunity in Portland than he has in San Antonio. And look at San Antonio now. Who could have? But who could have foreseen San Antonio crumbling the way me? They have? You should have stayed with Portland, you scumbag. You should have stayed with Portland. Yeah, he should have. That Houston series was insane. His, his, his ego, his ego got in the way. I know, and there was a point where he has to be or thought and considered to be traded back. Yeah, and then Popovich. The little wizard he is Convinced got him, him to stay, but they're I mean, going to be good. I mean, they brought in Demar Derozan, they got yeah. Marcus. He's probably the he's a top three, four power forward yeah. in the league. I mean, it it sucks, but you're right. He was the perfect player for this mm-hmm. team. The way it's con- the way it's even constructed today. Yes. Um. But you're right. At the back of the basket player. I mean, you hope Nurk's going to be that. And I think if you're old Shea, if old Shea was sitting right here, his answer would be. Uh, Dwight Howard doesn't fit our. He's always talking about career arc, and yeah. Dwight Howard doesn't fit our career arc. He's right. over the hill. At some freaking time, Damian Lillard is going to be not on the career arc yes. of your young players. Yes. Like, what are you doing? You are wasting the prime of Damian Lillard. Yeah, because you're worried about developing Anthony Simons. Go out <laughs> and get a player. Yeah, go out and do something. Right. It's just like every God. time there's an opportunity to do something, he doesn't. Nikola Mirachik. I will never oh. forgive him for not bringing in Nikola Mirachik. Yeah. Chicago moved him for a bag of peanuts and a half a ham sandwich. Yeah. And you couldn't go move that? You couldn't you couldn't go over the salary cap to go get Nikola Mirachik. Right. Apparently, you you're always saying in your in your press conferences that you've got an owner that's willing to spend. Mm-hmm. You got an owner that's, you know, he doesn't want to rebuild. He wants right. he wants to win now. He he's willing to spend money. That's what I constantly hear from Neil mm-hmm. O'Shea, but where are you on your end? Right. Like what? Then Nikola Mirchik goes and kicks your ass in the playoffs. Oh, whooped him. Whooped him. He's playing it safe to protect himself. But do you think he's got to go? I think he's got to go. Yeah. I think you need. I think he's a good GM. Yeah. I think he his strengths. I'm not going to just say he's a terrible GM. Right. Right. He's a good GM. Right. He's, he's the best probably Portland could ask for. Definitely. But it's just you need a fresh set of eyes. Because yeah. he's a good talent evaluator. He's found a lot of diamonds in the rough, especially in the yes. second round. Look at Will Barton. Look at um, yep. Alan Crabb. Like, yep. These guys all got big contracts right. out of second round players. That mm-hmm. doesn't happen too often. He finds these guys. Right. But he drafted Damien. He drafted he, CJ. Exactly. Yeah. He, 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 um, you know, he, he turned, he took a mid, a mid 20s pick um, in Rondé Hollis Jefferson, mm-hmm. flipped it for Mason Plumley, brought in Mason Plumley, which gave you a year and a half of solid center play. Right. He then traded Mason Plumley back for a first round pick plus now you're starting center going forward for the next four mm-hmm. years I mean he literally created something out of virtually nothing for sure so he's good at that kind of stuff but he's unwilling to to make now we you could end up trading your big pieces and it completely falls apart and you got to completely rebuild but yeah. at this point you're in purgatory right what do you have to lose I guess it's comfortable it's nice to win 42 43 games a season mm-hmm. but come playoff time you're gonna your fan base is gonna be disappointed regardless yes so I watched a little. I heard. I was, didn't watch. I was listening a little bit to his. Uh, <clears throat> he's always in- interesting to listen on interviews, but just in the press conference, just the same thing. He always harks back to like, "Look, we could have fallen apart, but we're still winning. We're still making the playoffs every year." That's what he always says. Yeah. Great, but what? Uh, that we're not going anywhere. Yeah. And he's and he's basically said like, well, you know, the entire the entire league. He said this. This I think it was like the m- most moment of clarity I think I've ever gotten from the spin doctor. That is Neil <laughs> O'Shea, and that is um, he's like the entire the entire league is in a is in a holding pattern, mm-hmm. waiting for um waiting for uh Golden State Warriors to run to end. Right. And I get, I mean there is there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. And so he's like, we need to be ready to pounce when that when that ends. Right. It's like, well, the problem is, and then what are you doing with Damian Lillard? Because Lillard will be out of his prime by the time that ends. Oh yeah. So that Damian Lillard if, if, is the fruit, the carrot on the stick to keep 
us, the fans, interested in this team. Yeah. I mean, but, but I mean, I I love Portland. I love being in that arena. But some of the worst fans, dude. Like just even considering or talking about trading Damian, or honestly, and I I I stand by Terry one hundred percent. But firing Terry because of what happened in the playoffs, like Terry sh- didn't adjust. Terry botched the first game. He did, but. I think for development, and if that's where we're going in the, with this team, he's perfect, and that's who we need. But oh, I, 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 I have never said, and I don't believe I will ever say fire Terry. Scott. Yeah, and and you, you just hear people say that crap, and it's just like, go away, you're not a real fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. That's yeah. all I have to say for sports. I love you know, go Blazers, go Jets, but <sighs> I don't know. We'll see. Just two teams. When you say that, go Blazers, go Jets. Great, here we go. <laughs> yeah. You're 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 in perpetual disappointment. I will say I have started following the Jets a little more closely because of you. So thanks for that. Welcome aboard and a life of misery. Yeah. Well, I already have one. I'm a Blazers fan, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you got for me today? So I think um, I first want to just follow up on a couple of things. I think probably the two biggest yeah. um, hot button topics that we've talked about recently. I think um, need to be touched up on i uh-huh. think um last week we talked about uh initiative 1639 mm-hmm. washington that's the gun bill um i we just we didn't we didn't really make any um po- like positive or negative statements about the bill in itself mm-hmm. per se but we were talking about the spin that's out there on on one particular side of this argument right um and how that does a disservice to our political rhetoric and so i wanted to follow up there was one thing on that on that um on that form that we were analyzing mm-hmm that said that um oh anyway i'll start with this we got an updated version of that at our gun counter the Mm -hmm. the people who make it um dropped off a new revised version of it and it was done really quickly because there was now actual like uh grammatical and spelling errors so it's like that was like half-assed yeah and um but then they they made it even more biased like they added even like more incorrect information and like there was one that they added that said i think this might have been on the first one i can't remember but Uh it said like annual background checks for anybody who's ever purchased a firearm in the state of washington forever yeah that was on the first one okay that was on the first one all right so I went and I was like, I can't find it. I've looked through this bill. I went back through and looked through the <laughs> bill, and I finally, I did find something. Okay. But it just points to that this whole entire thing was full of half-truth. Half so right. I just wanted to update, because um, I think I said last week's episode that I couldn't find anything in the bill that was about annual background checks. Right. So I found in the bill where they got this half-truth from. Uh-huh. And basically in the bill it says... That anybody who purchase if the bill is passed once the bill goes into once the becomes bill becomes law and goes into effect, mm-hmm. um, it does say in the bill that anybody who purchases a pistol or a semi-automatic assault we- uh, rifle, which has been as we know has been defined and will be defined in Washington should this bill pass, as mm-hmm. any semi-automatic rifle, mm-hmm. um, if you purchase one of either one of those class of firearms, you um, every year. The sheriff's department has to go through. The sheriff's department goes through all of the people who own those in their county um, to verify that they can still that they're still eligible to own firearms. So that if there's okay. any if they do anything that makes them like they become a felon, mm-hmm. they can go and confiscate those guns. Basically, it's it's it, it's doing what is already happening. Like if you if you become a felon, right, you're going to lose those. You're going to lose. You're not allowed to have a gun. Anyway. Yeah. So this doesn't really do anything. Right. It's just stating that. 
Yes. Maybe almost in, like in, this in, continues. But, but it says fire. But in, in that flyer, it says firearm, uh-huh. which is misleading because it's not saying all firearms. Mm-hmm. It's just saying pistols and some automatic rifles. So mm-hmm. if you buy a shotgun or you buy a bolt action rifle or a lever action mm-hmm. rifle, you're not subject to this annual verification anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, in, in, it, but so it, it's, it's a, ba- it's basically half true. So what I wanted to do to our listeners was say like, okay, there is something in the bill that is sort of like what this says, mm-hmm. because I said last week that I couldn't find anything. Right. This is the closest thing that's in the bill to that. And this is what I think that's yeah. where they're driving their half truth from. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to update with, with, do that. you think maybe it's there in them and how they're interpreting it? There's no way you interpret it this way <laughs> okay. because they, one of the, th- one of the changes that they made yeah. was like, um, will classify um, any semi-automatic rifle as an assault rifle, even a mm. hundred year, even a hundred year old rifle. <laughs> but there's an antique clause yeah. in there that makes like that whatever the antique in the bill in the bill. There's oh. like an antique clause that talks about like old firearms yeah. like, are exempt from this. So it's like and they don't even address that. They don't address it. Yeah. So it, it's just like they are purposefully for sure. Definitely. They are purposefully taking bits of truth. Yeah. And extrapolating it mm-hmm. in making false statements mm-hmm. that's what they're doing with that so i just wanted to uh um it's it's it, it's a, i think in my opinion it's a, it's a it's a bad it's a bad bill even without all of this mm-hmm. spin it's not something i'm going to personally vote for mm-hmm. um but like we say like we said last week just inform your yourself and make yeah, your own opinions definitely. and don't and, and try to read wade through all of this stuff mm-hmm. and go and do your own research right Definitely. So, all right. Um, the second thing was, is I think probably our our, our most apo- our most popular. Um, I keep saying um. Our most popular. <laughs> I keep saying <laughs> for sure. Yep, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I know. Um, so our our, mo- our most popular episode was um, when we talked about democratic socialism and social democracy, and right. and we're not going to get back into uh, those definitions. But for those of you who haven't, um, who didn't listen to that episode or don't know what we're talking about. Democratic socialism is a phenomenon that's happening in the United States right now. And social democracy is a, a political economic system that goes back in Europe and the United States as far back as the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And um, both up until now, really, up until even when I was doing that, that episode, or basically arguing for the exact same things. And mm-hmm. I was saying that socialism, just to recap, that you can't call yourself a socialist if you're not calling, if you're not, arguing for the takeover of the means of production. Right. And I said, I hadn't heard anybody who calls themselves a democratic socialist actually argue for that point. Mm-hmm. So up until now. So as an update, um, I have two sources that are claiming um, basically that, that mm-hmm. they they're the, the democratic socialist platform, according to them. Now, mm-hmm. this is not all homogenous group, not all democratic socialists think right. the same. But, for, but there are now starting to come people who are taking a public stance about the takeover of the means of production away from a market economy to a command economy. Yeah. And um, so in the New York Times article uh, that you sent me, yeah. which was an incredibly enlightening article, um, loved the article because of what it revealed. Right. And um, and that is that there was a Democratic... They, the New York Times, to, to recap the article, the New York Times, um, they, uh, they interviewed the head of a democratic socialist organization that's mm-hmm. like a lobbying group or whatever. Like they're, they're, an organi- they're an organizing organization for, pl- for democratic socialists. Mm-hmm. And they s- in, in this article, the person is quoted as saying that we, we believe that, the demo- that, um, that even, even European social democracy is different from, social d- from democratic socialism because they don't believe that although social democracy 
fixes some of the ills of the market economy, it, it, it's, it still not doesn't go far enough. And therefore, th- what constantly ails society is the fact that it's a market economy. And therefore, we need to do away with private ownership of mm-hmm. the means of production and replace it with a with a democratically controlled labor party mm-hmm. that makes all of the decisions of the economy. It's a command economy. They d- they would then determine the, the workers mm-hmm. and through a democratic process of voting mm-hmm. and the majority would then decide how much what and how much is made. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's concerning, but we're not making I'm not making a normative argument at this time. Okay. That is the first time I have seen anybody on a public platform in the United States argue for basically a socialist takeover of the means of production. Mm-hmm. So this is either, this points to one of two things. The democratic socialists are now coming out of the woodwork. They've been hiding under the guise of social democracy mm-hmm. for, 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 for a while, or they are transforming in their beliefs. Right. Like they believe this, but now they're starting to say, okay, we need to become more radical to fix what we believe is ails, you know, ails society. Right. Um, and then this, my second um, source was Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren from mm-hmm. Massachusetts, I think. Yes, she's from Massachusetts. Um, she, in an interview, uh, stated that she is the savior of markets. Um, <laughs> she said that? Yes. She says she's the savior of the market economy, that she believes in a market economy. Uh-huh. But one of her points that undercuts that undercuts that is yeah. that she, I mean she's saying like well what we need more regulation we need more hands on the economy mm-hmm. to make sure that um, we don't have such wealth such wealth gaps we need to make mm-hmm. sure we boost can we need to make sure we boost consumer spending so that keeps the, the economy going right it, it's supply it's demand side economics it's social de- it's basically the, the underpinnings of social democracy mm-hmm. but she gets to a point where this starts to sh- you start to see where. St- there are some socialist trends occurring within this branch of the Democratic Party, and that's she says that it sh- should be a federal requirement that all major organ, all major corporations, all large scale corporations, on their board of directors, mm-hmm. like twenty percent or like I think she said twenty or thirty percent would be controlled by labor representatives, mm-hmm. like union representatives. Mm-hmm. So they w- the the laborers of that um, of that company have a say in the direction in the decision making of that of that particular corporation mm-hmm. which to have that government mandated right. is a bit of a com- is starting to get kind of flirting with that command economy mm-hmm. shifting away from a truly free market mm-hmm. so that's my update there uh, do you have any do you have any thoughts on that um i'm not advocating for socialism obviously but i think that i think that the 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 holes in this society or this market that are create um that are there for for socialism to kind of slip in are presented by those stories or those accounts of maybe working conditions at amazon and and i the mo- i keep constantly hearing about how just as a as a order polar or as a as a grunt in amazon how how hard the work is but then you see amazon becoming just this massive entity that is is you know i've heard arguments of being you know a monopoly on just kind of that that idea of just order and 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 Mm -hmm. deliver um so but you know and one other thought that i had was um there are some uh very conservative um personalities that i listen to or i watch sometimes as far as podcasts or like youtube shows um and there's this genuine like massive fear of 
socialism mm-hmm. and they're constantly targeting um democrats as being socialists yes. um and I, like you said there is some evidence of people kind of presenting these socialist ideas um and it is a hundred percent possible that maybe they're hiding under the democrat or social democrat title to kind of implement socialism um it's just interesting watching this, you know, this these right wing guys in total fear and panic of socialism. Um, I, I think based on the history of socialism, that's where that fear comes from. But there's a genuine thought that that is where this country is headed. If you know, and they argue that if we give Democrats control and if they had it their way, we would mm-hmm. be, we would all be socialists. Which I don't think you know they're b- making these blanket statements or no, whatever. Like ninety percent of the Democratic Party, even today. I don't think even if you had a, a blue, the blue wave, which right. everybody keeps talking about in November happens and right. they take back control of the House. I don't think you I mean, majority of these Democrats are modern Democrats. I right. believe in. Yes, they believe in um, uh, in, in higher taxation and, you know, more welfare, more welfare programs. But they're not socialists. Right. And, and I think a lot like the, the fear mongering that happens on the on the conservative side of this argument is that they label everything socialist, whether it is or not. Yeah. And, the, and that and that's that does a disservice to our right. politi- to our political rhetoric. And it, and it further divides uh, further divides us because what's what's better than to uh, to take down your opponent, your political opponent than call him a socialist. Exactly. In the United States. And I think that 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 game that we've gotten into. is kind of I mean, it's part of the game. It's part of trying to win, but now you're seeing just how harmful it can be because I mean, if you're not if you're not saying what you mean and you're not calling things for what they are, then I think that's when you get these this social democracy. Mm-hmm. And you you know, when you're gonna call every Democrat a socialist just to win that game, yeah. well now you've created room f- for social democrats. You kinda get where I'm drawing that line. Um, if you're attacking them and saying, well, no, you're a Democrat, so you're a socialist. Well, no, that's not, I'm not arguing for socialism. That's not what I'm trying to say. No, that's what you're trying to say. And you're and the and the and the opposition is only saying that to get them to lose. Yeah, I think that. Then you have people saying, well, OK, you're going to call socialists anyway, so we're democratic socialists. And then people you can kind of twist that to you know what I mean? Then you have these social Democrats twisting words and definitions to win the game. Okay, I I don't know. I'm just yeah. thinking about just people manipulating these things. Sure, wh- whether to beat another or to gain a win over another, yeah. um, it, like like social democracy and and not like you said in that episode, just not saying what it actually is. Um, I mean, obviously we have examples of people who are saying that and defining for the government takeover of production, mm-hmm. but like I had said, um, there are those who just they're they're focused on the social benefits of government aiding and social programs. Yes. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's dangerous when you manipulate terms, and I think that this game is getting so vicious, and people are just just doing whatever they can to gain some prestige over the opponent or the other side and it's so tribal and it's just annoying and i hate everybody <laughs> <laughs> well i mean you can so i m- marxists mm-hmm. you know so- socialists will pull will point out um things that uh marx made in his writings he made observations and he made predictions mm-hmm. and um he had a theory about his his marxism 
is actually just a th- it's really a theory about history and uh, it's it's you know it's, it's uh, Karl Marx's theory of history is what that is but anyway the um, in his writings he 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 talks about how <laughs> over time the market economy and in the, their race to the kind of kind of the race to the bottom um, will cause basically every, the entire means of production to be co- to be owned by four or five large firms that then act as like a duopoly right and control the market anyway right and um but in their own self-interest instead of the self-interests of the uh, of the public mm-hmm. of, the, of the masses of a whole and now you have instead of over time what happens is you have a vertical what they call vertical integration mm-hmm. in economics and that is you have the big firms they buy the small firms yep. and then they end up owning so much more than the original like part of the market that they were in, in mm-hmm. anyway so every all of the small business owners then become employees right so now nobody owns the means of nobody owns the means of production other than these four or five mm-hmm. these four or five firms um so then you have everybody coming employ everybody coming employees and being part of like this almost like a bureaucracy within the private sector. Yes. So it, that what that does is it, it limits people's uh, op- limits people's options. People have less. Um, they they start to earn less because if you're a small business owner, you probably have a you probably earn a better living than than probably being in middle management right. in, in a large corporation. Um, but you lose de- you lose decision making. Your your quality of life can arguably go down. Um, and you, I think if you were to okay, you're trying to take that observation and you try to look at that and what's happening in the world today. As you mentioned, Amazon, mm-hmm. like the telecommunications, com- the telecommunications part of our of our market of our economy mm-hmm. is owned by like four firms. Yes, and, and and then also you have Amazon is pretty much buy, buying out all retail. So like, right. retail stores can't afford to survive with Amazon because right. you can like I see it all the time where I work. I work in retail. Mm-hmm. People, this guy was like, hey man, he's like, uh, he's like, I love Leupold scopes. You have the one I was looking for, but Amazon had it thirty bucks cheaper and they had free shipping. Ooh. So he's like, I want to bring my rifle in. Can you guys mount it for me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and at Disney, for entertainment, they own everything. News, uh, movies, television. I mean, you just, you, that's what I'm saying is, and you just have these giant corporations just taking control. So I get the argument of like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're, we're heading towards dangerous territory yeah. or concerning territory. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if socialism is the <laughs> the it, proper so, so here's response. My, so here's my here's my my argument. Right? Okay. It's like everybody says like it's all Democrats have uh, Democrats have always been the the party of high taxes. Yeah. Well, okay. No, that's not historically that's not true. Right. Uh, when our economy was arguably one of the strongest in the post World War II era was during uh, the president uh, President Eisenhower's mm-hmm. uh, terms, and he had a seventy percent corporate tax rate. Yeah. Like, that's double of what yeah, what it is that's today. That's insane. That's insane. But yeah. our economy was super strong. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, we can make we can make arguments off of that. Yeah. Uh, but here's my argument of why markets over command economy, um, just in a, in a, just as simply as I can make it, mm-hmm. um, are are a better means for getting providing a, a better life for the masses more than a command economy. And here's why: mm-hmm. I think markets, um, like our system of government, a representative democracy, allows for better representation of minority preferences. Um, a command economy, even in a democratic process, will disproportionately affect my uh, disproportionately negatively affect minority wants and needs because if the means of production are controlled by a majority through a democratic process, right? If you're having fifty percent of the people are controlling what's being made or is what's being mm-hmm. made through a democratic process, mm-hmm. the, dem- the the needs of the of the of minority preferences aren't going to be met right. because only what's going to be made is going to be decided by the majority of the people. Think yeah. about how much of our political discourse already in a democratic s- society mm-hmm. is controlled by you know white males yeah. because we're the dominant 
uh, we're the dominant proportion right. of, this, of, of our society. Mm-hmm. We, hold, we hold the power mostly because we're the minority, mm-hmm. majority. Mm-hmm. So um, disproportionately uh, affect wants and needs because the means of production are controlled by the majority. Only those wants and needs will be addressed by those with who have incentive to pay. Um, well, okay, oh, addressed. They have no incentive to pay attention to minority preferences. In a market economy, this is this doesn't happen. You have the attention paid to minority ref- preferences because there is profit to be made for private firms to make products that mm-hmm. might mi- that minority preferences would want to buy mm-hmm. because there's there's profit there if you're a command economy there's you're not making any profit from making stuff for a mi- for a small subset of people you're not yeah. you're not going to pay attention to that right when in a market economy if, if, a, if a firm who makes products can mm-hmm. be like i can make something and sell it to this niche market to make a profit on mm-hmm. it i'm going to do it because right. there's, there's profit available there right so that that's just simply if that makes i hope that makes sense mm-hmm. but like that's my my argument that market economy will always outperform a command economy and actually is better for society as a whole. Now, that's not to mean that there could should just be 100% free and open anarchy yeah. within the market. Like yeah. you, you see what happens when you have less restrictions and you're mm-hmm. not implementing antitrust laws. You get vertical integration and right. people. You have five people who own the entire means of production, mm-hmm. which is essentially socialism, but just uh, just owned by private, but just owned by private companies instead right. of instead of. The prolet- uh, instead of the uh, uh, the Politburo in Russia, mm-hmm. like it's it's five it's it's five olig- essentially oligarchs mm-hmm. that own the means of production, like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates or whoever. Yeah, yeah. So that's my that's kind of my 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 uh, my not so um, eloquent <laughs> argument for markets, <laughs> but um, yeah, I th- I, th- I just I think that that was it was a good follow up to kind of talk about um, because. I felt like um, some things have changed since we made that episode, and I, right. just, wa- I just wanted to bring that right. up and address it. No, I think that's fair. Um, I don't really have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, this. I think I'm just thinking about the the election cycle, and it's going to be interesting. And you see, even our local debate is getting. There was some national attention coming towards our 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 little district in Washington. Um, and, and the, um, just the campaign between, uh, Herrera Butler and Carolyn Long, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. Um, but mostly I love, and I'm, I'm super into this now. It could almost be like my hobby, which would be so nerdy. So I'm going to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, but just the, the, the smear campaigns, whether it's between those two or, or misinformation for something else. Um, yeah. I see these. Uh, so kind of w- to get back to what I was saying as far as defining terms, like mm-hmm. I said a, a little bit earlier, it's just um, this this dirtiness of the game. I don't know if it's gotten worse or not, but I'm just seeing people spreading this disinformation out. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's very concerning whether, you know, because uh, as you've shown, I think today and from last episode, that this bill or this proposal is it's very detailed it has to be yeah. um and people are picking and choosing what they want to push their narrative mm-hmm. and i'm seeing all these other ads for other bills that people want to pass and i haven't done the research on 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 what they're showing but I'm watching these commercials or these commercials or these ads pop up or a flyer comes in the mail. I'm thi- I instantly think there's no way it's that simple, but they simplify it so that it 
and almost gets to like the meme argument that we've made yeah. previously. Like it's just quick and easy, and it, it and it hits the right you know sensors in our brain for us to either go, oh yeah, I'm all for that, or oh and fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just it's. I just want to reiterate. So when you see these commercials or you get these flyers or you get these ads, it's it's these are designed to trigger an emotional response, whether you're either for it or against it. Um, and, you know, they'll either target like this is going to hurt you or this is going to hurt your friends and family or society or this is going to be best for society. You know, those are those are designed to to get a response out of you exactly. so that you get passionate enough to go vote. Take that passion that these ads or these campaigns elicit and say, I want to know more. And then when you get to the detail and you decide, if you choose to decide to read the proposal, you'll find out, oh, that's actually not what it says. And I'm not going to vote for that because I guarantee you that could happen for a lot of these these ads and these campaigns and these proposals. Um, don't just take somebody else's word for it. Don't even take Jake and my word for it. Do your own research. We do this so that we can talk it out and kind of think about things that we are interested in or we even have investigated, but we're not experts on anything that we talk about. Um, but at least we're having the conversation and trying to encourage each other, but also you guys out there, yeah. to not take things for face value. It's, it's, it is a game. It is manipulative. And it's all designed to to kind of get you to do what they want, but you can choose what you want by doing the research and investigating in things for yourself and having conversations with maybe those who disagree with you or those who may have a perspective or knowledge on something that you don't. I don't know anything about guns. I've never owned a gun. I've shot guns, but I don't own any. And Jake is my go-to resource when I have <laughs> questions about guns or information on gun legislation. And, and then we can have a conversation about it, or he will point me to something that I can look into, or an article, or a proposal. But that's because, you know, Jake and I stand on different ends of kind of spectrum on things we agree on a lot obviously but i just think that having those people in your life don't push people I, I i don't know i'm thinking about the election and how everybody just stopped talking to their family and just stopped talking to their friends and i've sent you over this last week a conversation i've had with an diehard trump fan i'm not even gonna say supporter i'm gonna say fan and um no, that's what they are at this point yeah They're and fans. and uh, you know, it's me. I feel like you when you're on your comment crusade with this one guy, like it's an uphill battle. I'm never going to win this. No, not. I'm not. But I'm having that conversation and it gives me perspective on kind of the culture or the, you know, this uh, like I said to him, you know, a cult of personality, yeah. this environment that is created for these fans. Um, but it gives me an understanding and a perspective to this. I don't know, ideology that these people have and, and kind of where they come from. And it helps me better understand just their culture or their, you know, which helps me kind of define or, or want to investigate what they propose or what they suggest um, and where that's founded in. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't know. That's my spiel. That's all I have to say. Yeah, it's a good spiel. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, that that conversation you referred to i mean you were sending it to me and i was like almost like i was sending you my argument back to that guy i was sending it to him 
Oh, really? Yeah, I would change it because you were like, he, 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 he. Mm-hmm. And I would just say you. Oh. I like edited it so that it was like your argument in there because you when I was bringing up arguments, I thought like, OK, that that makes sense. That's valid. But then you're bringing a perspective as a, a Republican to to argue like, dude, you're not you're not getting it from what yeah. he claims to be mm-hmm. um, as in President Trump. Um, so, yeah, I was sending you would send me your part of argument. So I'd send him my argument and then you'd chime in with something and I'd be like, oh, I'm using that. So then I'd copy <laughs> it and send it to him. Well, I got I could be of assistance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's just fu- it's just funny to me, like um, just the touch on Facebook arguments, man. It's just yeah. like no, and just arguments in general, like nobody. Everybody's got like the talking points like already in their minds what they want to hit on yes and they're going to get to those talking points no matter how much they have to bend the 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 conversation or the argument like that you're having like the discourse you're having mm-hmm. to get to those points because right. like they think like okay if somebody I'm, I'm, I'm arguing with somebody who who supports the president mm-hmm. and i'm pointing things out right and I'm, I'm saying like okay what you said here doesn't like doesn't match up right for whatever it is and They'll be like, well, they already assume because they already assume I'm a Democrat. Yeah, they assume I'm a liberal, <laughs> and so then they they think, okay, so it, this this happened to me last night. Uh-huh. I'm arguing with somebody about a meme that they shared, um, and it said it, it had a picture of like three celebrities wearing like low cut dresses, and it said, if oh, you don't want no. some, if you don't want someone to touch your critters, don't leave the barn door wide open. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I commented victim blaming yeah question mark yeah and that's all i said yeah and then so he 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 comments back and then starts tagging me and all of this ben shapiro oh stuff my he's gosh. like jake victim shaming jake victim blaming and then most of these were like um it was uh what was it um what was oh it was uh he, ben shapiro posted like this post that had jimmy kimmel picture of jimmy kimmel's face and the in the, the tagline said um Jimmy Kimmel wants to to cut off Brett Kavanaugh's penis, mm-hmm. and he's like Jake, Jake Jokum, victim shaming. Uh, and I, and I don't I, know if Brett Kavanaugh's the victim in that. Well, case. I, so I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, so what does this? What does this have to do with victim blaming? Right. And he's like, but he's but he's saying basically, I think what he's trying to do is uh-huh. like he's like, look at all the Democrats. They're they're arguing for violence too. They wanted they here they're oh saying all this gosh. stuff, and they're not held for, they're not held accountable. If if Jimmy Kimmel said that. He shouldn't have said that. He's a you, comedian. You, do you think? Do you do you think that I? Okay. Do you do you think that I'm just going to like? I don't know. Like you're just assuming that because these people uh-huh. that you think that you're you think all Democrats and all liberals are some sort of homogenous group, right? That they all think alike and mm-hmm. they're not going to call out their own hypocrisies in their own right. And, and, like when, so but it's like, dude, you just assume that I'm just going to ignore bad stuff that. Jimmy Kimmel may right. have said because I want to say something that you said is bad. They're both equally could be bad. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like what you said about having this this um this linear argument. So here's here's a line of maybe a, a thread that they want to make. So they provoke that thread by posting, let's say that meme. Yeah. Um, or or say it's it's Trump is doing this, for example, this trade war that Trump's starting yeah. is good for the United States. Say somebody just posts that. So that person already has a linear thought of arguments that they're going to make for anybody who tries to take it down. 
And we've seen this in that thread that I was sending mm-hmm. you. So here's a claim made. Well, you you say, well, no, look at the facts. This is act- this could lead to this, and it's actually not good. Well, then they already have their next in-line argument to counter that, even if it doesn't make sense. And from that sound of that, like that Jimmy Kimmel, like comparing those two things don't really make sense. No. But he's made up this linear thought of, Here's the statement I'm making, and if anyone tries to argue it, I'm going to bring in all these these liberal kind of victim-blaming yeah. things that because, I can use against this, him. Because this liberal said he wants to remove Brett Kavanaugh's penis, mm-hmm. therefore, I must also believe that. Therefore, the argument that I made that wasn't even relevant to, <laughs> yes. to that particular post— these posts have no connection, but therefore, like I'm my my argument's invalid because this liberal who we're all one homogenous group right. anyway, right? This guy says that, th- therefore, it makes all liberal arguments invalid. Right. You can't argue what he's posting because you're on the liberal team that represents Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. Yeah. Which oh, just fucking Christ. <laughs> But yeah. that, this is this is what but this is what we become. Yes. This is the sectionalism right. that it is in our political discourse, that's yeah. in our political culture. It is so toxic. Right. In like at no point like as both both you and I are students of history. Yeah. We've spent a lot of time reading old about uh, old crusty mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And this is there has not been this at least from the history books that we've read and in, uh-huh. in, in the research that we've done, there has not been this kind of sectionalism in the United States other than the the ten years leading up to the Civil War. Yeah, I, I'm not saying there's going to be a civil war, but right. I'm just saying like this is this is the level of just toxicity right that exists. And, and uh, as much as the internet is so beneficial for humanity, it also reinforces this divide. You can go into an area where your ideas, no matter how bizarre or uninformed they are, can be reinforced or encouraged. And when you have somebody who's trying to challenge those ideas, you 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 go down so low as to just make bizarre connections that don't even. I don't know. It's just I I. I, we're, I'm using the internet as an example because that's where you see it. But I mean, I just think in person, if you have these conversations and you don't have the ability, if you're in, well informed, you don't need to draw some bizarre connection to Jimmy Kimmel because you could say, listen, I think this is victim blaming. This is disgusting. You shouldn't be saying that. And if they say, well, Jimmy Kimmel said that in person, I mean, you and you could do it on the comments too. You could just say, yeah, I think that's wrong too. But I, I don't know. The. the the separation of identity through the internet and just being able to say whatever the F you want, it's just gotten so bad. And, but yeah, I think that I also, again, I think that that reinforcement of these echo chambers and people kind of, you know, they're getting their ideas and their, and their, and their thoughts validated by others. Um, and I mean, for example, in that, that message thread I sent you with that individual, you know, that he's informed by Fox News and sending me clips from Donald Trump's Instagram. It's like, you don't think that that's doctored to get an emotional response out of you? Like, he has already made it clear that he thinks Barack Obama's the bad guy. So when he posts an Instagram video depicting Barack Obama as a bad guy, you're going to go, yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Well, what about the perspective where it shows maybe some programs or some proposals that Barack Obama had that actually benefited society or maybe something that you think it didn't. I, I, I don't know. It's just the inability to look at yourself 
and I told him that. I said, your fandom has prevented you from looking at this administration objectively. And I, I would like to think that if Hillary Clinton won, you and I would be sitting here just as critical about her. Well, you know I would be. I know you I, would be. <laughs> and I think that that would help me also. And and now, honestly, dude, now that I've done some research, yikes. <laughs> but I'm not saying Donald Trump is better, but I'm just saying I know from what I know now that I could not look at her blindly and just be like, honky-dory, everything's great, the United yeah. States, MAGA. For sure. Like they do. Yeah. Like in, in, in like in here, like I, I'll just just to show my objectivity, I was really on the Rubio um, yeah. support bandwagon for the Republican nomination. Right. Um, he said something that I was like, dude, uh, maybe thank God you're not president. Yeah. He said, like, well, we should really consider uh, Venezuela uh, national security risk and really think about invading them. It's like, dude, did you not learn anything from the Bush years? Yeah. You neocons. Like, look what the quagmire you created. Yes. And you don't think going into a hotbed in, Ven- in South America yeah. isn't going to create the same kind of political instability? Yeah. I just learn from yes. your history. Like, what are you doing, Ruby? Like, no, like, like, I know you're a hawk. You were like, you come from that line of thinking. Right. Like, that's within. That's like in his. Like, that's in his way. Like, it's not a shocking like statement that he made. Yeah. But it's like, man, dude. Yeah. For sure. What are you saying? <laughs> but, I mean, you, you can say that. You can look at that and go, whoa, no, 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 no. And I don't know. I mean, maybe in 2020 we'll be bashing a Democrat president, you know? Yeah. But well, it, I'm bashing Elizabeth Warren. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? For sure. Like, with, 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 a, with some sort of, like, half-baked takeover of, <laughs> of like, making, making a, a federal regulation that you're going to have union representation on the board right. of directors of a private company like yeah. that that's that's an over that's in my opinion that's a huge overreach and that's well, concerning and i wouldn't vote for her for president because if, if she held that yeah she held that belief and senator harris we called that doctoring of that that clip yeah. you know um i just don't understand why others can't do that look at things objectively well, because you're because we're, we we don't we're not we're not playing a team sport here yeah I we aren't you and i aren't yeah we're not in the game we're the I, are we refs? What are we? I just I just I just want um, we're commentators. I just want a I just want a, a, a civil uh, political discourse. Yeah, I just want to be able to argue about these complex issues in a in a, in a uh, positive way right. where we can come to some sort of agreement. We can honor we can honor the legacy of our founders. Right. I want to honor you the honor the legacy of our founders that set up this beautiful this this beautiful government mm-hmm. for. Uh, even look at the debates. Nothing, nothing like this had ever happened in the, in, yes. in the world prior to the United States. Yeah. And look how much good democracy has done for the world. Yeah. And we're the we're, we're the bastions of that. And if right. we if we crumble and we kill ourselves from internally, stop yeah. stop saying that the immigrants coming over the border are the ones that are going to destroy us. Right. Or somehow uh, China or Russia are destroying our our political institutions. There, that's happening because of our of our own stuff that's yes. going on here. Because Amen. We, because we're we're public, we're literally we're pol- we're politicizing whether we should. We have a president who is like is saying, "Oh, China is going to come after me because they don't like my trade war." But then, okay, so you're saying China can hack our elections? But then when this when the Senate wanted to do put protections on our electorate system from Russia, you trout you trash them for doing that yeah. because it wasn't politically advantageous to, for you to say that mm-hmm. Russia inter- interfered in our elections, but because possibly china can interfere with you now it's a problem right and now the democrats want that because they're his opposition so they want china to interfere i mean that's his way he could manipulate that 
to say like I'm against China, China's trying to hurt me and Democrats want me to lose anyways and not be president again, so they must be working with China. Yeah. I mean, that's literally the kind of fantasy that he can create that people that we've seen that I've shown you yeah. will eat up and be like, "Look, dude, Democrats are all for China." Okay, what about Trump and Russia? I mean, even even that hypocrisy of um I can't even remember what example I used when I showed when I was sending you that feed with that guy, but I just said like here's an example of Trump being a hypocrite. What about that? He never addressed it. He would not address it in that conversation. Yeah. He would not. Just say, "Okay, yeah, that's a little hypocritical." That's all I want. You can still support him and have your Donald Trump t-shirts. That's fine. But just at least say, oh, okay, yeah, that's a little hypocritical. Yeah, nope, but, but can't even get it. Politics is a zero-sum game. If yeah, you, if you show any sort of br- any sort of break with the ideology, you you leave one box unchecked. You're not yes. part of the team anymore. Check the boxes. Got to check them all. <sighs> like Pokemon, you got to catch yeah. them all. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, this has been fun. Um, I always love hanging with you. Yeah, this was a blast. <laughs> Sorry for, for yelling and my my use of swear words. I'm a little animated right now. No, I love this, it. This this with the ro- with with Rosenstein possibly going to be fired. Yeah, uh, it's this is all coming to a head. We'll have to talk about this next week. Yeah, we will. Here we go. Um, all right, guys. Uh, remember to follow us on social media: um, Instagram, Facebook and twitter uh i'm we're most active on instagram i think yeah Um, we are so just message us um on there or send us some thoughts i want to give a shout out um generally to our most consistent listeners a lot of you guys have given us a lot of feedback um some that we take into consideration and we're going to make changes some uh thanks for the the suggestion but no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do appreciate the interaction. I got a call from a listener. I want to give a shout out to Rudy. Um, you listen every week, and I appreciate that. And I know that there are others who listen every week, and y- you guys all text me and, and let me know what you guys think. And I appreciate that so much. I know Jake appreciates getting any feedback. Um, but thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for listening. I know at the beginning it was a little rough, but we kind of now have found our footing, I think. I think we are. Um, if any of you want to come on and talk and you have ideas, like we have four microphones. Yes, friends, come hang and chat. Um, we're totally down. But I just again I appreciate you guys for always listening and always participating in the conversations. Um we love you guys and we'll see you next week. Sounds good. For sure, for sure. For sure. <laughs>